a place for B, a place to be, a place with B. B is a full sentence to me. B is also who I am. I invite you to be with me. Hello. Yay. Okay, we're back. Today I want to talk about pressure. So I I have had I don't know where to start. Okay, let me just talk. Let me just talk. Let me just talk. So I I've been thinking about this because I've started to notice myself over time. And a lot of this has to do with being involved in investigating how the human design system can support me to better understand myself and better operate in the world. So what I've been realizing is that when I have a decision to make, if I don't allow myself to talk out loud, the mind, my mind will go and try to make the decision for me and it will go on and on and on and on and on. And what usually happens is an, any number of things, but it's usually around this like process of let me try and solve the problem for you. So here's one possible scenario. And then I'm visualizing that, playing that out in my head. Here's another possible scenario, visualizing that, playing that out in my head. Here's, if you do this, this is what you could say, visualizing that or, or you know, uh, drafting the conversation, drafting the text message, drafting the, you know, whatever I would say, the email, the letter, it doesn't matter. So the mind goes on and on and on. Here's this possibility. Here's that possibility. Here's this thing. Here's that thing. That makes it so much harder for me to make a decision. There is a value to being able to see the possibilities and being able to to weigh out the pros and cons and things like that. There is a possibility that or there is a a place for that is what I want to say. There's a place for that. But what I've learned over time is the more that it stays inside my head without me getting it out through talking about it, the harder it gets for me to connect with what really feels true and good and joyful and sweet for me. And I have also learned over time that the mind, the mind-body connection is fascinating. The mind-body connection is very strong and it goes both ways, mind to body, body to mind, right? So I've been investigating that for quite a long time because, well, I've been moving my body for my whole life. We all have, right, as human beings, uh, but as a, as a dancer, growing up as a dancer and then in the past 10 years having my career, my professional career revolve around dance and movement, it's been an interesting journey to witness myself in the process of directing my body through my mind and then the opposite, directing my mind through my body. So in these instances where I'm feeling like the mind is just going on and on and on and on and on talking about stuff, eventually it leads to a buildup of pressure and stress in, in my body. 
And how does that manifest itself? Well, it's a feeling of needing to get rid of the thing, hurry up and do the thing so that I don't feel the stress. Feeling of, I used to describe it as like restless leg syndrome. Feeling itchy and scratchy about something, you know? Feeling like there's something that I have to hurry up and do even though there isn't really a need to hurry. It feels like there is because so much has built up inside my head that it's like hurry up and act on it. Probably to relieve myself of having to think about it, right? So I'm catching myself in this pattern. I haven't necessarily noticed how this specific pattern works the other way around in terms of stress on the body impacting the mind, but I'm sure that it does go both ways. I I recognize it when it comes to relieving stress, right? Using my body to relieve stress works wonders on my mind using my mind to think about scenarios over and over again adds stress to my body. So those are the two pathways that I'm clear about, but I'm sure it means that things work in the opposite direction as well, right? Like the body creating stress, the body feeling stress and sending stress signals to the mind and the mind calming. Yeah, I guess in meditation, right? The act of vipassana, right? Sitting sitting in a vipassana meditation, which is one that is based around witnessing your breath, that's really focused on using the mind. It's from the mind to the body. So I've been reflecting on this a lot because I'm feeling so much freaking pressure. So it's like, you know, I'm not designed to make spontaneous decisions. I have to talk out loud, hear myself say what I need to say, and hear myself connect to what feels correct for me. That's what I need to do. That takes time sometimes. Sometimes I have to talk to multiple people. Sometimes I have to talk to myself multiple times. Sometimes I have to not talk about it for a while. Sometimes I feel already what's correct, but I need to feel it multiple times in order to really trust it or make the decision. So it's, you know, it's spontaneous in the sense that I can't predict when I'm going to know and feel what is correct for me. But what is, what that doesn't mean And what I've learned over time is it doesn't mean it's instantaneous. So it doesn't mean that as soon as somebody asks me or invites me to do something that I then immediately know what to do, what's correct for me. However, sometimes in my head, I'll think I know, right? And if I don't answer immediately, there's the gap between the time it takes for me to go through my natural process of tapping into what feels aligned, what feels true, what feels correct for me. And, you know, and now where I'm at now, when I first receive the invitation or feel like I have to make the decision. And that's when things get stressful because in that gap, that's when my mind can run buck wild. And it actually gets to the point where like it it impacts my nervous system. I know it does because my body temperature will be off. I'll be feeling, uh, you know, I'll be sweating for no reason. I'll be feeling extra stressed. But it also feels like talking about this is relieving pressure for me as well. There's two decisions in particular that I need to make, two two things that I feel I need to act upon. And, you know, what I feel that I, I also am not quite aware of until it's over is the background frequency of stress that is being added to my life by the mind constantly feeling like it has its hooks in the, this process of making this decision. Sometimes I don't feel like talking. 
you know, sometimes I'm doing other things, so there isn't time, but it's those times where it's like, I'm doing something else, but the mind, my mind is not necessarily occupied on what I'm doing. That's when it feels like being trapped in hell. Honestly, (laughs) it feels like being trapped in a torture device. Now, I don't know if I've talked about this before on this podcast, but I do remember when I first started journaling. So I've been journaling since I'm 14 years old. And the story of that, it always cracks me up. So the story of the journaling is basically I went my freshman year of high school. My English teacher came in and gave us all composition notebooks and was like, your assignment is to write in this journal every single day. I don't care what you write. It doesn't matter to me. Just write every single day. And I was like, are you kidding me? What the hell am I supposed to write about? And you want me to write every day. I have to write in this thing every day. What the hell am I going to talk about? And it was just like, felt like the worst thing ever, but it was actually the best thing ever. (laughs) It was the best thing ever because I developed a relationship with my writing. I developed a relationship with storytelling, with self-expression, with myself. And it was one of the first tools that I remember consciously realizing, wow, this is something that helps me. And it was something that supported me to be there for myself. So that was really amazing. And I love, I love that it turned into that because journaling is still a part of my life, you know, which is just like so amazing. I don't even know where the heck I was going with that. Oh, being self-projected is so interesting. I really don't know where I was going with that. Um, But I guess I'll just get back to the pressure situation. So I've been able to observe myself a lot, which I'm really glad about. But it's also hard sometimes because I don't know what to do in those gaps, you know? I don't know how to disconnect or just... like dis disempower is that the right word disempower the hold that the thoughts can have i'm getting there being involved in the practice of yoga is helpful being able to learn about myself through the tools of human design astrology and the gene keys is helpful and pressure really comes from so many so many facets of life too, you know, like the mind has so much ammunition because pressure, I've felt pressure in so many different ways and throughout my life. Let's just say from parents, from family members, from friends, from school, from teachers, from society, from cultures, from uh, dance teachers, being in the dance studio and, you know, it all becomes internalized. So it's almost like there's a plethora, there's a whole freaking library up in the mind of like different ways that I can uh, feel pressured by the thoughts going on in my head based on past experiences, based on worries about the future, based on what's showing up right now because of past you know, experiences or future worries or things like that. So it can be really, really tiring. It can be really tiring. And even through this process of grieving, I've also noticed that there is a cycle of pressure that builds up to a certain point and then there's an emotional release. 
And in some ways, I feel like this is a part of my nature, having this like cyclical buildup and then emotional release, at least right now. I'm still, I'm still kind of digging into my charts to see whether this is like a transitory thing, meaning like planets in the sky impacting my charts and, and I'm having this experience that I'm meant to be learning from, or if it's also a part of how I was designed. One of the things that, you know, I think amplifies the pressure, even though it's, it's, it is a part of my design and it's something that I do know about myself. One of the things that, that I think is very interesting that I know about myself is, um, most of the time I can't wait for things to be over and it's not because I'm not enjoying them when I'm in them. It's just, I've always felt like once it's over, I can really understand what I went through. I can really understand what worked about this, the experience, what didn't, and get a grasp on what I'm actually learning from it. And that part of it is really valuable to me. It's really meaningful for me. And um, it's just really important and I enjoy it. So I think that's why sometimes I'm like, I can't wait until this is over so that I can understand what the hell just happened, right? But that being said, I think that that also gets thrown into the mix and then I feel even more pressure. It's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up so you can know how this is going to end up. And that's where I also feel a lot of pressure. Like I want to know the answers to everything already, which is also the mind asking questions that maybe I don't even need to ask. So like, who cares about the answer? Like for the longest time, I was like, am I going to get married? When am I going to get married? How am I going to get a house? If I want to buy a house, am I going to get a house? Uh, you know, am I going to end up with a man or with a woman? What am I going to do? Am I going to have my own kids? I really want to have my own kids. Am I going to get pregnant? All these questions. And there's nothing wrong with them. I just... You know, I remember being told in a session with somebody who was looking at my charts and kind of giving me some information that I was asking myself the wrong questions, that these are not the questions that I was meant to be asking myself. And, you know, it's been almost a year since I had that experience and I feel that I'm starting to understand now what that really means. And it's not to say that those things are not important to me, so I'm not asking them anymore. No. They are important to me, but I am also leaning into my present moment reality and allowing it to be okay for me to be here where I am right now. And I'm also leaning into the fact that I cannot control everything in my life. I need to allow life to come to me and provide opportunities, experiences, invitations, learning curves, whatever it is, love, people. But it, it is hard. It is hard to see. It is hard to discern in certain scenarios what it is that's correct for me and learn how to navigate the inner landscape of my mind and my body and how they play together with each other to create this cyclical loop of pressure. It's like it it starts in the mind, then it ends up in the body. Then by the time it gets so bad that both mind and body are feeling agitated, I usually feel like I have to do something about it. 
I can't say this for sure, but I do think maybe some at some point in the past, right, my past pattern would have probably been just acting on it. Hurry up, do something about it. Would it have been the right thing, the correct thing for me, the most aligned thing for me? I don't know. Probably not. So I am learning a lot from this. And especially because, you know, this past pattern of acting just to relieve the pressure, I'm, I am actively witnessing myself feeling this, what I feel is probably similar pressure and not acting on it. It's still hard because I don't know what to do. There are certain things that I just am like, I really don't know what to do right now. And so what I'm realizing is if I'm not sure and I'm uncertain, that's for a reason. That's because I'm not meant to do anything yet. It's scary though because that feels like the pressure builds and mounts even more because I'm not doing anything, right? So it's like, hurry up, hurry up. How much more pressure do we need to apply here in order for you to just freaking do something? So I'm breaking that pattern for myself and it's scary and it's sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's tiring, but I'm glad I'm doing it. And I'm also glad I'm talking about this right now because I feel that this has been building up for a while, this conversation and just kind of recognizing that I no longer identify with and live the reality of the thoughts in my head all the time. I do when it comes to interacting with other people because that's where there's a lot of interesting, valuable, amazing information that I can share with others. So I love that. But when it comes to me, what's aligned for me, what's correct for me, I'm really leaning into my human design experiment as much as I can and just allowing myself to talk things out. But some stuff, like a couple of the things that I have to deal with right now, oh, the amount of talking I feel like I have to do to be able to get to my truth. And I don't know when that's going to happen. And I don't know how much talking I'm going to have to do. And I don't know how long it's going to take. And I feel like other people are waiting for me. So that adds even more pressure. It's uncomfortable. But I had this experience at the end of last year, at the end of 2022, where I realized that moving into this year of 2023, it was about me honoring my heart, myself, my calling, my alignment. So that is what I'm doing. That is what I'm doing. And, you know, that is new for me to be consciously choosing that even though I don't think it's new for me to do that if that makes sense I've always been guided by honoring myself and yeah I guess the conscious awareness was just catching up so it's it's a fun time to be in in my life in myself in my body being able to have just that little bit of space to witness what's happening has made all the difference. And it is helping to relieve the pressure, even though what I feel is happening right now is recognizing just how much pressure I can sometimes feel. What about you, friends? Do you have 
an awareness of feeling under pressure or stress? What do you do about it? I'd love to hear from you. So let me know if you want. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you for being here. Wherever you are in your days and in your lives and in the world, I'm sending you love. Chat soon. Be.